Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage in the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Back up 
This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they.
enough? Yes. Do, what'd you say? Five, five, six minutes. Yeah, that's how we're going to do. So welcome to Zorba Presents. <laughs> and this is uh, what it's like when a show doesn't go well. Uh, no, this isn't going to go well. This is going to... I am glad you comics came out. Thank you for having my back, even though I didn't bring you the audience. I'm sorry about that. Next time, it starts out like this. I do better at the church, because you see, I, the church at least is a built-in audience. I promise you, I'm going to get a name, so the next time there'll be lying around the door. That's what I work on, getting a name. I know how to rock a mic. Production, I leave it to my buddies. I got to get better at that, but I know how to rock a mic. So... Um, we're going to do some time and just try out new stuff and see what happens. Let's see what new stuff do I have written. Um, I got some new shit written. I just don't have it memorized. That is the, that is the dilemma. Um, I'll just tell you about my day. Fuck it. I ran into a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. You ever done that? And they, they like, they, I've had women look at my shoes all day. I got these gold. I came out dressed. Got on these gold shoes. Women, I've had women like, oh, my God, whoa. I've been getting hit on. They call me genie and all that shit because, you know, the the glitter. This is what Liberace looks like if he were straight. <laughs> this is what I am, the straight version of Liberace. That's, you know, I like to dress. I changed my whole style of look because this is how, man, I'm 47 years old. This is how 47-year-old should dress. He shouldn't dress like a little boy. His pants shouldn't sag. He should look like a fucking man. You know, he shouldn't know and I don't know, you know, and they said that's the stereotype. It's like, but you should look like a fucking man. You know, I look like my uncles, you know. I, I grew my beard back. As you can see, the only difference is this gray came in it now. It's a trip now. I like having my beard. It looks like I ate at a feminist. <laughs> that joke's going to kill well with lesbians. <laughs> All the lesbians. Him. That's the one. Yeah, I like having my beard because now I can start dating women with daddy issues. <laughs> that's that's gonna be cool. That's cool. I um, was I'm reading Howard Stern's new book and he's talking about how he does psychoanalysis. I think I should start after the night getting some psychoanalysis. That's what this is therapy for us. I went to a therapist one time and she said, uh, "What did she tell me? She said you you have trust issues." How am I supposed to take her word? You know what I'm saying? She said, you're narcissistic, but I didn't hear a word she was saying because I was thinking about myself. You know? So that's the type of shit. Um, I, that's it. I'll just bring everybody up. You ready? Who wants to go first? Um, ladies first? Okay. Well, the one... One of the ladies, I said ladies, I pluralized that shit. Oh yes, you know, ladies, ladies always first. This first comic I'm bringing to the stage, she was gonna go on stage barefoot for you, uh, with her toes hanging out. She's like, fuck this, it's a radio station, and this floor has probably got all kind of diseases on it, but I'm braving it out to come out here in my sandals and show off my toes, cause I think I'm that cute. Miss Ivy Vaxquez. I just I had a pedicure done. I'm showing it off. All right, man. <laughs> Where are my John clothes at Muni Mutiny. 
Um, anyway, so uh, my boyfriend said that he wants to fuck a burrito to see what it feels like, but he doesn't want to waste it. Uh, and my nasty ass told him I'd eat it because I don't want him to waste it either. So <laughs> I'm actually a pretty gross person. And the funniest part about it is no one taught me to be gross. <laughs> like I just figured it out on my own, I guess. I don't know. I, um, I eat in bed a lot um, because it's just it's comfortable. You know, like I paid a lot of money for that bed and I'm going to get all the use out of it. So I eat in bed and I have the TV. Right. Um, but it's like I am pretty clumsy sometimes with my snacks. OK, I keep them on lock. I have a lot of snacks. Um, I try to smoke responsibly because I have so many snacks. And uh, one time I legit had like a really fun dip and some <laughs> chips. And I went to my bed and all the chips just fell out of the bag because I just like fucked up. And then I was like, oh, well, better pick these up and then brush whatever I can off, you know, and then you <laughs> and then you're just getting like comfortable in it later and you just feel like the chip crumbs on your ass and that's what we call a booty exfoliant so it's totally fine it's very natural uh, <laughs> uh the best life i like to live is uh eating cinnamon life in bed you know so it's the tastiest one um uh, I have white tendencies, uh, but I'm just white passing, and some of them, <laughs> beyond drinking sparkling water and watching Friends, uh, is I got stung by a bee on my ass while driving the other day, and then I started to panic like a white woman, and <laughs> the only person who stopped to help me was a white woman. <laughs> in her really nice BMW and stuff and she's wearing like all these designer things like like uh, like this older woman chic and she was like she's like did you call 911 and I was like no I called my boyfriend he'll be here soon don't call 911 and she's like I'm gonna call them <laughs> and um, when she called them she's telling the operator uh, my description and she's like yes it's this young woman she looks like she's in her mid-20s and she looks at me she's like are you in your mid-20s I'm like yes yes <laughs> I didn't just turn 29 I <laughs> thank you <laughs> and then um when the ambulance guys showed up at the same time as my boyfriend <laughs> um she left and we were chit-chatting and they were very very kind to be like we're not going to report this like in our files today because you're not the one who called and you even said you didn't want her to call it's like exactly I didn't want her to call and they're like yeah but just so you know future reference this would have been $750. So I was like, oh my God, over a, over a panic attack. That's really dumb to have <laughs> to go into debt over a panic attack over a bee sting. I just needed a stranger to pull the stinger out of my ass. That's all I needed. You know, I was like, either a stranger or him, like one of the two. And um, it was funny though. The guy was being really nice, and he shared his own story about when him and his uh, brother were kids. They were stomping on some log, and it was a hornet nest inside of it, and uh, they 
got chased and like his brother kept getting stung and he's laughing at him like haha fucking loser but then when they get back to camp he realized there's like something on his nuts and it was a hornet and it bit him and stung him <laughs> and that's what yeah that's what it's like to get bit in the balls i guess i don't know painful stuff Oh my God. I hope nothing bites my pussy. I hope nothing bites it. No, not even him. I'll fuck it. <laughs> I'll murder a motherfucker. Like <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this, I ended up flicking the stinger out on my own in my own panic because every time I felt the poison going into my ass, I just was like, ah! And like, I eventually flicked it out all on my own. So, um,. Uh, one last thing, because today's my abuela's 69th birthday. Um, yes, yes, yes. She made it. She made it. Um, <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> I just want to share an idea about her. I believe that she is the reason why I am disturbed by ASMR videos. Um, they're like the, the if if you don't know, they're the whispering. They like talk like this really quiet. And it's supposed to like stimulate people in like this positive way. But it just, um, it makes like, I feel all my anxiety in my vagina. So it just gets really tight uncomfortably. And then it goes to my gut and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> and I think it's because of my abuela. <laughs> Uh, because like we'd be at Walmart and I'd be misbehaving as a child and she'd pull me very close and do like the whispering on the ear. If you don't fucking cut this shit out right now, I swear to God, I will embarrass you in front of all these people. So get it together. And I'd be like, just stop whispering, just stop. It tickles. It's very, it's uncomfortable. And it's just, you know, so I think that's why I'm not into it. But anyway, so happy birthday, abuela. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So a stinger in the ass, huh? That means you won't be doing anal. <laughs> now if a stinger causes that much problem, you can forget the anal. He's like, eh. You know you wanted to try it once, too. He's thinking about it. He wanted to do it once. And, huh? It's that pointy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Straight like a spear. Um, <laughs> yeah, a pencil dick. <laughs> Some people have markers, big, fat, great, never mind. Um, you have nice teeth. I was noticing that. You got a great dental plan, don't you? Hey, man, she's got nice teeth. You, 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 ain't, you ain't supposed to have nice teeth when you're comic. You got to be broke and shit. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Griffin's not broke. I seen it. He's got antiques he sells and shit. And I'm not talking about just himself. <laughs> Couldn't help it. The next comic I'm bringing to the stage, the only time I can look him out of eyes is by standing on his stage. Um, uh, he's a very good guy, uh, Mr. Graham Galloway. Oh my God, there's a puppy. What is happening? Hi. Okay, that was interesting. I, I didn't leave a chew toy in that seat, but. <laughs> I was just thinking, Ivy, if you really want to like play into the white lady thing, the whole story about, you know, the stinger and like I found the inner strength to pull it out of my ass, that could be the next Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> what privilege. 
White, white women would eat that shit up. Speaking of which, you all know my material, so I guess I'll just talk to you for a bit. I, yeah, I, I had one experience where someone tried to call an ambulance. Um, I was on a muni bench in the mission, and I swallowed a bottle of Valium. And all right, that's not a laugh line, I guess. When the police arrived, they, they you know, because they're the ones, ones that found me, they tried to call the ambulance, and I said no. And then they put me in the back of the car to take me to some clinic. Here's the thing. I told them I would prefer not to be handcuffed in the back of the car because I have sensitive skin. Like, okay, it's policy, but we'll just let you slide. My point is there is no such thing as white privilege. <laughs> That's some bullshit. I'm doing this thing right now. Like, I've been depressed forever. There's this treatment. They take an electromagnet and they stick it on your head and then it just fires a whole bunch of times. It's like a taserified woodpecker. That's what it feels like. But it's working. Like, you know, not, not so depressed anymore. But just for fun, I want to go back to like some of my old material from when I first started. Let me see if I can remember this. I have a rat problem in my apartment. Like every now and then they get in. They don't eat my groceries. Little fuckers. They eat the goddamn rat poison. I was saving that. For a special occasion. You know, if I'd throw a birthday party and then like this happens. All right, that was cold, I'm sorry. I don't have that much I'm working on, but I guess, I guess I'll ask you guys, like, who decided that black bedsheets were the sexy color? Is anyone turned on by snail trails? I would like an answer to that. No? More rhetorical answer. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna do tonight, but hey, Zorbit, I'm serious. Thanks for having me. Like, this shit happens. I appreciate it. That is a nice dog. I got a Chihuahua Shiba Inu that sits on my shoulders. Yeah, no, mine's 11 pounds. Yours is, what, 40? Yeah, she's nice. She's nice. You can tell we dog lovers in here. Look how he instantly... A big ass man just went to hug your dog and yeah, hey, your dog don't know what to do. Like that's a big human. Yes, indeed. While he's in the middle of petting the dog, who wants? You want to go next, Griff? Cool. The next guy I'm bringing up to the stage, he's the only other tall person in the room. I'm envious of both of them. Fuck it, I didn't get the height, but I got a great tan. So uh, <laughs> fuck him, uh, Mr. Griffin Daly. So they just put that big new net along the bridge. They're starting to build it, right? That big safety net for suicides. Uh, it was on the news last night, and I thought yeah. I bet there'd be loads of depressors running down there this morning trying to get in the throat. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Uh, <sighs> Before they get caught, you know. Yeah, so, so um, 
driving down here just now, I was thinking that I should try and be a better person, you know. And I couldn't think of anyone better than me, so I thought, fucking cool, you know. <laughs> just just stay, stick with it, man. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine called me. I, 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 I got divorced in, like, 1985, and, uh, and that following year... Um, I had nowhere to go for Christmas. My kids went off with their mum for Christmas. And my dad just died and I was like, mum was gallivanting around the world with her identical twin sister, looking for guys they could threesome with. Can you fucking believe that? Two 60-year-old two identical twins. Ah, oh, they were fantastic. Is it, do I need this? Is even not, uh, anyway, so, so this guy, is Jack Bell his name. No, John, John. Some people call him Jack, but he preferred his real name, John. Irish guy. He says, come over for Christmas, Griff. And uh, stay with us. He said, well, the, the girls are coming, the boys are coming. I'd never met his family. So I go in there and he's... He said, I tried to... Cause my, and his name's Bell. He said, I try to name all the kids something funny, see? He said, this is my daughter, Tinker. And... She was a beautiful girl, about 25 or something. You know, I said, Tinker Bell, really? She goes, yeah. She said, no fairy jokes, Griffin. I said, all right, all right. She said, and um, if you think you're going to be Captain Hooking, forget about it. So I said, all right, well, we'll forget about you then. So I walked around, had a couple of drinks, and this other girl walked in, and old John goes, hey, this is my other daughter, um, Jingle. It was Christmas time, see? So. This is terrible. But... <laughs> I shook her hand. I said, Jingle bells, really? She said, Yeah. I said, Do you jingle all the way? <laughs> she goes, um, Maybe. Do you have a one horse open sleigh? I said, No, I've got a creeper van with some blankets in the back. <laughs> she goes, um, goes, Oh, what fun. This is just, I was just thinking of this 10 minutes ago. It's coming out crumbled. She goes, oh, what fun. Let's go for a ride. So we did. Had a good Christmas. Anyway. That'll come together. That'll come together. One more thing. This is true. This happened. This story happened last week, right? I'm with the missus. She's driving the car. And we're driving around all the second-hand shops and stuff, looking for stuff to buy, you know. As you can do that. Yeah, go hit all the thrift shops, buy stuff cheap, sell it on eBay, it's good. So there we are, driving along, and all of a sudden, this dog walks in and fucks up my act. <laughs> so no, all of a sudden, right, I'm sitting there, and, and I felt these bubbles in my tummy, you know what it's like, like, boom, boom, boom. I go, oh, fuck, <laughs> she goes, what? I said, oh, I got the wobbles. I said, head for a bathroom. She said, bad. I said, oh, God. And I realised that I had three cups of coffee, you know, to wake me up that morning. You know what it's like? It's like boom, boom, boom. So here we are. I, and she, I'm driving along. I knew where we were going. I said, head for Larkspur Landing Mall. I know where the bathroom is. So I was driving along. And, and then we go past um, a car wash. 
And she goes, oh, look, there's bathroom right there, the car wash. I said, pull in there quick. She dives in there. I jump out. Door's locked. Another one right next to it. Door's locked. I go into the office like this. I said, the girl, mean looking bitch. I said, you got the key for the bathroom? I said, uh, you know, I just, she said, no, she said, there's no key. So if it's locked, there's somebody in there. I knew she was lying to me. Just, no, she knew I wasn't going to get a car wash. So she wasn't going to let me have a poop, you know. So I ran out, jumped in the car, I said, no good. I said, get to the mall quick. So we get to the Larkspur Lane, park up. And um, I'm trying to, why am I rushing? Stop fucking rushing. So I'm walking through the mall like this. <laughs> get around the corner, I know where the bathroom is, about 30 feet away. And I'm heading for it, and this um, young Mexican lady, about 30 years old, she goes zooming across in front of me, about 20 feet, straight in the men's room. So I double checked and said, yeah, it's the men's room. So I go in there and um, two stalls, both doors locked. And I, I can hear her peeing, you know, I know she's in there. So I've fucking got to go, you know. It's like desperate, in desperation, you would, wouldn't you? You'd drop your pants and you'd crap in the urinal, wouldn't you? If you had to, you would, right, guys? You would. But I th I'm thinking, I've got to dive in the ladies' room, you know. So I shoot into the ladies' room. Like, nervous, because it's creepy, right? So I go into the ladies' room, three doors, all open. So I go in the first one, sit down, bye! Oh! And then I hear these high heel shoes coming across the floor. She goes in the one next to me, shuts the door, starts peeing, and then she's saying, like, oh, and then she taps on the wall with her claws. She goes, hey, hey, Maria. <laughs> And I realise she's talking to the chick that's taking the dump in the men's room, right? It's her buddy. So I didn't say nothing. I finish up as quick as I can, zoom out. I didn't even stop to wash my hands because in case some lady comes in, you know, freak her out, wouldn't it? So I, I, so I go into the men's room to wash my hands and I'm washing my hands in there and I think, fuck it. This is like, you know, this is really, it's her fault. So I, I, I stand there and I go, hey, Maria. <laughs> She goes, eh? She says something in Spanish, because I don't speak Spanish. She says something. What <laughs> I don't know what she said. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, I thought there was something else. No, I thought there was a punchline there. So I'm, <laughs> I'm forgetting. So I go outside, and I think I'll have some fun. I'm going to want to see what they look like. I sit on the fucking bench right opposite the loo, and I say, both come out the different doors together, you know. They both start fucking laughing, you know, when they realise what's happened, you know. It's just something about some fucking ombre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there, they both they looked around at me, and I just, just fucking look. I didn't smile or nothing, you know. So I get up and they start walking away and they're talking and they're laughing about it. You know, then now they realise it's just funny. So they're walking away and I come along behind them because I'm going back towards my car and I, I said, hey, Maria. <laughs> they both look around and they go, whoa, they fucking shoot off around the corner. That uh, was funny. It was funny because I was, it was fucking true. I know you guys didn't laugh, but never mind. Well, I won't be doing that one again. 
Thanks, guys. Say Zorba. I was over making friends with the dog. And I was over being buddy with the dog. And the dog, animals love me. True story. I, everybody knows I walk around with my dog on my shoulders usually. Um, one day I was walking downtown and my dog is on one shoulder and a parrot came out of nowhere and sat on my other shoulder. I have been. An, I was a kid. I grew up in Kentucky, so I used to pick up turtles and snakes. And so you grew up. You grow up around animals. And here's this true story, like that happened to me. I'm, I'm a security guard. That's what I do for a living. I'm a good security guard, but what keeps me from being a great security guard is I have one thing: a personality. And they don't like you to have that shit. Like one time, y'all know what the Exploratorium is. Yeah, I was going in and I got there early, 6 a.m. I mean, it's still Stephen King dark. You know that type dark I'm talking about? So I get there early. I call to be let in. And the guy goes, well, I'm going to send ops down to get you. And I'm like, ops, bitch, this ain't G.I. Joe. Fuck you mean ops? We ain't, I watch a parking lot. What the hell are you talking about? The guy takes his job too serious, right? So uh, one day I'm watching uh, outside of the decathlon. Y'all know the store on Market. I'm watching that, and this guy comes by with his pit bull, and his pit bull comes up to me. It's a female pit bull. She comes up to me. She does the same thing this one does, starts nudging me, and I'm petting her, and I'm petting her, and he's like, come on. And he's yelling at her, come on, let's go. Come on. And I finally got tired. I was like, Lo, you know the routine, man. Your bitch chose me. I'm glad you know the movie reference. Yeah, yeah, I got all kinds. My dog, I, my little dog, he's 11 pounds. He will try to mount the biggest female. It's a good thing I got him fixed. True story, walking on Valencia. I got an 11-pound chihuahua. He tried to mount a Rottweiler. He jumped on a bench. And ju- he, he did like this, bam, and went for what he knew. And he slid down her leg. But he didn't give up. He did it again. And she looked at him like, little boy, please, this ain't for puppies. But I give, and he did the same thing to a St. Bernard and a, 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 a Burmese mountain dog. I'm like, you are a break. His girlfriend was an 88 pound German shepherd. He liked them big girls, that's all I know. It's a good thing I got him fixed, otherwise I'd have some explaining to do with some weird looking dogs. You gotta stop this dog mixing. Y'all see the weird dogs out there now? I saw one, it was a tall chihuahua, that ain't cute. I saw, yeah, a tall chihuahua, the head of a chihuahua. I saw this, the ugliest thing. It was a pit bull mixed with a Datsun. I can't make that up. That is something, you, you love all animals, but sometimes you go, mm, yeah, that's my dog, just don't look at the face. Uh, something, certain dogs. And I'm real particular with cats. I, like my, I can't have an ugly cat. My cat's gotta make, I, I, my cat gotta be so fine that Halle Berry go, damn, that's a pretty one. That's how pretty the cat got to be. I'm funny like that. Uh, and yeah, I know it sounds very arrogant, but hey, look at me. Um, <laughs> true, 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 true. I wanted to, t- I'll tell you how this next story when I, when I uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up your headliner, and then I'll tell you the story. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll bring up, um, what can I say about this lady? She's very huggable. She is just one squishy, huggable, lovable, squeezable, adorable lady. And she was willing to help me out tonight, and I appreciate that. And I swear to you, when I blow up big, I'm not going to forget nobody in this room. And I mean that. Um, I just won't forget you. Um, Miss Cara Traramontini. Tom. Traramontano. 
I could get so many points with your name in Scrabble. <laughs> Thank you guys and give it up for Zorba for putting on tonight it's like yeah thank you so much um yeah I'm just gonna be quick I'm just like it's been a fun evening I've enjoyed it thank you um let's see I'm a white lady what's up yeah some people don't it's just glowing like that um I have uh, several friends who are not white who are on TV and uh, Pete, they go on TV, just random New York shows and people are all like, tell us, black person, what do all black people think? And tell us, brown person, what do all brown people think? And um, I want to be that for white ladies. I just want to be your white spurt and have people just ask me white questions. It's like, white person, what's the difference between vinyasa yoga and Bikram yoga. And I'm like, it's about uh, room temperature of 20 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the difference. And probably, um, you back me up in this Ivy, probably about $15 an hour or more for that class. Yeah. Bikram yoga, it's, it's um, <laughs> I, I, um, I only like vinyasa because Bikram yoga, they heat the room up to 105 degrees, and I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. It's like, that's why I moved here to San Francisco. Fuck that shit. It's like, Tucson is an awesome place, and then it's summer. It's like, um, yeah, Tucson's an, uh, an old Apache word that means white man get melanoma. That's a... It's an amazing thing, but that yeah, that's all I want to all I want to do. So if, at any point right now, if you want to ask a white lady something, it's like, why do white people just ask me? It's like I can help I can help uh, white explain things because we have some fucked up shit. Yeah, service glasses. I think they're amazing because they're like cl um, clear and purple. And it's like, and it totally goes with like the, the when I'm an old lady, I'm gonna wear purple and wear a red hat and get along with other white ladies that also dress like shit, and we're gonna go do cheap shit together. Trust. Yes. Whole foods or co-op? Co okay, this is the thing, um, uh, cause like I'm a I'm a single. Um, I know I don't look it, but actual heterosexual white lady or like generally heterosexual. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right no, no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an actual cisgender, um, mostly heterosexual lady. Currently, I define my sexuality as a Maddow sexual, which is I will have sex with men and Rachel Maddow. That's my... Um, but the, but the Whole Foods versus co-op, first of all, gets into what kind of men do I meet at both places. And so co-op, they usually tend to skimp a little bit on the deodorant. And so it's like, how funky do I want it? It's that kind of thing. And then um, you can get the recent nerd influx in because like Whole Foods used to be like weird um, orthorexic yoga dudes who were like, you know, I'm willing to spend $14 a pound on organic broccoli because it was biodynamically grown. I'm like, is there any lab-grown broccoli? Like I work in biotech and I don't think there's lab-grown broccoli. They grow everything else in labs. Um, but then there's the recent influx of nerds because Amazon bought Whole Foods and now they're taking it up. By the way, best thing ever, the Amazon Go store. Have you guys been? There's three of them in here. Have you? Yeah, isn't it amazing? I'm like, what? 
Okay, so the Amazon Go store, there's now three in San Francisco. And here's what they did. They made it so that they, they literally monetized shoplifting. What? Yes. So here's the deal. You, you get the app on the phone. The app just gives you a giant barcode. This is my QR code. And so when you walk into the store, you like um, scan your QR code. And as you go through the gates, it associates your human body mass with your credit card. And then you just walk around the store and pick up shit. And you're like, you can get a bag, and you're like, I'm gonna put this in my bag. I got seltzer water, because white lady, and seltzer, you know, it's like, I got my San Pellegrino, I'm shoving it in my, in my carry-on bag and stuff, and then I just walk out. And you're like, who's gonna stop me? No one's gonna stop me, this is weird. Like, like I don't have to, I can avoid human interaction. I can say hi, but I have to be, would you like a coupon with this? No, none of that, you're just like, you just walk out like gangsta. And it's like, if I can pay that extra like little bit of money, oh, and low Amazon prices. Like the kombucha, three bucks. What? Yes. Yeah, so you're like, they, yeah. You're shoplifting without getting arrested and getting $3 kombucha, because white lady. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's amazing like that. Um, I'll leave you guys. They do, and they, and they restock things, and they walk around, they're like, hey, can I help you get anything for you? What's hilarious is the only thing they cannot do is reach into something and get an item for you and give it to you, because whoever reaches for that, they're literally buying that. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, like, people are like, are there chips inside? You know, are there little chips? No, it, there's tons of sensors. And so it's like my hulking body mass is attached to my credit card. And so like if a little old lady's like, oh, I can't reach that, can you get that? You have to be like, no, I can't. Because once again, then you're literally buying it for the little old lady. So yeah, just go to the Amazon Go store. It's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've stopped cooking now. The one, it uh, turns out the one on battery in California, um, they're not open on weekends, but they have um, like more of a selection of fruits and vegetables. Now I'm just an information thing. This isn't comedy at all. Um, I'll get back to comedy, which is my um, status as a single lady. What? I know. Um, I'm, so I'm quantifiably bad at dating, and that's just me. Uh, first of all, like I'm not allowed to roll my eyes, and it's really hard to do that when talking to certain men in San Francisco. Like they're like, I was networking today. I was, you know, and like I, I was trying to like. I was trying to like, you know, lure this guy in. It's like, okay, I'll sit there and, and like we, we went to the same event several weeks in a row, so I was like, okay, I'll get to know him. This will be, this will be a thing. And he was like, oh yeah, I was out networking today, looking for a job. And then it turns out his version of networking was just sitting in random coffee shops, typing on his laptop, and like getting in conversations about photography and then eventually someday he's gonna meet someone who owns a business or owns a coffee shop who's gonna display his photography. And I'm like, that's not networking. But he was like, no, I'm networking. And, and I was like, I'm, no, I can't, I can't date this. <laughs> it was just hard, it was like, no. Um, uh, one of the greatest first dates I ever went on was um, to where Piano Fight is now. It, was an, it used to be Original Joe's. And it's, in, and it's um, only two blocks from BART, but as you know from going to Piano Fight, it is in a very tenderloiny two blocks. 
And so, yeah, yeah. So I went on, so I went on the date, and we, we started walking from Barton, and like immediately halfway in the block, and it was like 5 p.m., it was full sunlight, it was kind of summer, so it was like full broad on daylight, and we were like, we're gonna go to Original Joe's, and, and half a block into this, there was a, now you know there's a ton of bums, you know, it's like just sleeping and that's cool. This guy was passed out in the middle of the sidewalk and like in the dead pose, like the, like he was just laying there, you know, like the dead, in the dead feet and everything. And so I'm walking along going like, oh, I have to be a good date. Oh, should I be kind and stop to help this person? But it might be a trap, but it might not be, but I'm with a guy. And he was walking along like, should I be a gentleman and help this person and see if he's all right? And then we both ended up just walking past the possible dead body. And that was the handiest first date I've ever been on. Because there's like false things on a first date, like, oh, do we have anything in common? Oh, do we have like good conversations? Like, that is unimportant information. Here's important information. Can you hide a dead body between you? This is what we all need to know on first dates. Anyway, you guys, thanks for coming out. And thank you, Zorba. Give it up for Zorba for making such a fun night. I won't trip. Here's a question I want to ask a white lady. Why do y'all love LaCroix water so fucking much? Sparkling water. No, that shit is horrible. That's the, that doesn't have flavor. That tastes like hopelessness. It's like not the coconut flavor. It's just so bad. I would rather kiss a rabies-infected dog than drink that. Yes, I'm telling you. I got one more story, and then I'll leave you guys. I want to try out one bit that I wrote a long time ago. I tried it out before, but I saw this on TV. Um, I was looking at the Animal Channel, and I saw what I witnessed as animal rape. I know that's. I know. I know. It sounds crazy. This was a what do you call those sea lions? And it was like on top of a penguin, and the penguin was trying to free itself. I, I swear this was online on Facebook too. And it made this face like chihuahuas make this that face, and it was trying to free itself. And the sea lion was hunching away. And the weird thing, it was tons and tons of penguins around them, and they looked at him like, "Fuck him, he owe me fish." They did not want to help this guy. I'm like, they could at least try to help him with the flippers. They looked at him, and they turned it, and they marched away in a single file line. I'm like, you know what the sad part is? I don't give a fuck if they all look alike. They know the one that got raped. They over there, and that's the one, him. He can't, he, he can't go to no crisis center. Where the fuck can he go? He's fucked up for life. He got to go to the other side, I guess, and drown himself. I don't know. Yeah, that's it's the truth. I seen the shit and I was like, that's so sad. I didn't even know that happened in the animal kingdom. I just thought they had to avoid poachers and shit. You know, and just, I am from Kentucky. I would never ever, I went hunting. I can't kill anything with eyelashes. That's true. So deers are safe, like giraffes are safe. Cows are safe. The only thing I did crazy in front of a cow when I went on a field trip to a farm, I ate a hamburger in front of a cow. So, yeah, but I didn't know I was hungry. Fuck it. I might have been eating his uncle, but fuck, he tasted good. <laughs> I wouldn't do that today to the poor cow. Um, yeah, I've been a good crowd. Even though we didn't have one, I appreciate coming here and working. Yeah, what's up, my man? You want to get up and try some time? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll let my man. What's your name? I'm Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, my name is Zorba and Jonathan's. And this is Wiggles. And Wiggles. <laughs>
Thank you guys for having me. I don't really do this much. This is my very first time. Uh, we're not really an act, but it seems to be working for me. She's my service animal, and people always ask when I go to places, what service does she provide? And she provides me a lot of service. She provides me a comfort from racial stress. I have this thing called racial stress. Have you heard of it? PTSD. It's a real thing. And I love California. I just moved here from New York. I moved here about nine months ago, and I really like San Francisco because I can bring her everywhere and people don't really question me with her in New York They'd be like that's not a real thing racial stress. That's not a real thing and I would say Would say in New York. It's a little better than here. I think it's really diverse in New York You get on the subway you got every shade of people much like this room. I'm very impressed but you get on the BART and it's Patagonia it's just every shade of Patagonia, North Face, you can see. And it doesn't really bring me comfort. Um, what else? What else? I have some notes. Excuse me while I pull up some notes. Well, I am Asian after all. I do take notes. So, um, You know, I re actually really dislike comedy shows. That's why I never thought that I would, I would come to comedy shows and do this. But I dislike it because I go to shows and you get these lazy comics and they spot the Asian person in the crowd. And all of a sudden they got a bag full of jokes. You know, it's the same old jokes. And um, yeah, it's just... I avoided it for a really long time, but I found that this is a good way for me to talk about stuff that I wouldn't really talk to strangers about, and it actually helps me. It's like free therapy in a way, which I'm sure, which I'm sure you guys all probably feel. Um, what else? I guess a little bit, bit more about me. I grew up in Chinese restaurants. I my parents owned Chinese restaurants because that was all that they could really do when they emigrated here. And we had restaurants in every different neighborhood. I grew up in Chicago, so in every different neighborhood you could think of, with black neighborhoods, white neighborhoods. Um, and every neighborhood you had a certain type of customer. You know, if you were in the suburbs, Naperville, um, Frequently, well, we always got prank calls. No matter where we were, we always got prank calls. Um, but in the white neighborhoods, it was the 90s, and I would frequently get a call that would say, Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. You don't know the song? You know the song. You know the song because you've probably been on the receiving end of that. So I think it's Bare Naked Ladies or something like that, where one verse of it is Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. And they would call and just say that over and over again. And you would, you would think it's only children, but yeah, but not dissimilar to, well, yeah, they weren't always children, unfortunately. Um, but it's not a woe is me show, obviously. It's just, just working through some of the things that I carry with me on a daily basis other than the dog poop. Um, uh, what's that? 
No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. No, no, no. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm going to close out the show by, close out the show, close out my little set here by saying, again, I try very hard to not perpetuate Asian stereotypes. I did this when I was a kid, made sure I, you know, spoke perfect English, make sure I dressed well, and I guess that's an Asian stereotype in and of itself, but I would never bring smelly foods to school because white women really don't like smelly foods. White people actually really don't like smelly foods. I would open it and they're, oh my God, what's that? What's that? What's that? Well, okay, okay. Okay. Great, you know many ethnicities of food, that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I would always ask my parents to buy Lunchables for me, because that was the thing to do, right? Lunchables. But of course, as a good Chinese parent, they would always go to Costco, find it on sale, things like that. I would get broken crackers. But, you know, as I grew up, um, I'm less of a stereotype, I would think. I'm not as cheap as I used, as I, my parents would uh, like me to be. I would spend exorbitant money Exorbitant amounts of money on different things, but the one thing that I cannot stand paying for is 10 cents for a fucking plastic bag. Like, I will carry that shit, I will take my jacket off and wrap up all my shit from Whole Foods, but yeah, the plastic bags in California, that's a thing. So, thank you very much for letting me come in last minute. Racial stress, I know that well, my friend. Black people know it well, racial stress. I was, I'm gonna say a bad joke, we called racial stress when I was a kid, white people. That's, that sounds bad. That was racist. Notice the, unnoticed the, the, the Asian guys laughed at it like, yeah, we can, can, we can relate. You gotta have a tan to really understand. Ooh, that sounded good. That's a song lyric, I gotta write that down. That sounds good. No, we get racial stuff. I hate that bag shit too, my friend. I hate it. The other day I went to the grocery store to get $200 worth of grocery and dude asked if I wanted bags. No, bitch, I'm going to carry it one by one. <laughs> kind of fucking idiot shit is that? Here's one thing I'm, I'm wondering about, and I'll leave you on this. What's the hell's up with CVS? Y'all been at CVS? CVS got this thing. You go get the product, you can, and you have to pay. You have to ring it up, and then you give them the money. What the fuck do they do? What the fuck do you do? I get the product, I ring it up, and then you don't do shit but stand there. I'm like, fuck that. Here's how I get them to ring it up. I act like I'm gonna walk out with the motherfucker. Uh, me being black, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, y'all didn't see. I thought it was free. Oh, they, they ring my shit up quick, you know. I like this, I like having this, this gray gets me around now. I like, you understand, Griff, the gray, gray goes your way. I'm telling you, ooh, I'm writing song lyrics, hey. Gray goes your way. I, I get on the bus and the old people move out the way and let me have their seat. They don't know because I walk with a cane, but I ain't got nothing wrong with me. I just do it for style. They just give me their seat and shit. People calling me sir, but whatever. It only works against me when I'm trying to hit on a woman. It's just like, are you old enough to be my dad? No. That's the only time. So that's been the show. Hey, give yourselves a hand. We did it. 
You're welcome back anytime. And just this one, this is a lady named Pam Benjamin. This is her studio. You come back on open mic, work at you, and you're gonna see people that, like you said, that do the point out bullshit. Those comics who do that shit aren't comics. They're called like open micers, cause real comics do what we did. They work out on material. That's what real comics do. You'll see that once you start traveling around, you'll see, and you just ignore them and don't ever have racial strife about shit, my friend. You are who you are. You know, I came out an arrogant black man. Fuck them. I stay dressed. Look at these shoes. You think I'm worried about what people say? I'm flying. You see, I'm standing like an ostrich right now. I don't worry about what people say. You be you. You got your dog. I be me. I walk with a dog that sits on my shoulders. Fuck what people think. If they don't like you, Bernie Mac said it best. If they don't like me, I like me. But if you don't like me, fuck them up against the wall with a uh, splintered wooden dildo and no Vaseline. That's Bernie Mac, not me. Have a good night.
sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage in the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> In your car, and you're listening to one radio station. You need radio station. You're filtering all, all the others. They are they are tweeting in all, in all frequencies, and you keep them. So just listen to to one specific six. Saturday, Saturday to two. Clearly, the sound quality quality good, and you understand understanding that's playing playing. However, however, if your radio video is not fine too, too, you might need two or two or three or more stage stations at the same time. time.
Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. This is to 
social matters will mute in the radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> And welcoming open mic, where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warning School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as mutinyradio.fm, listen in live from home or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8pm, cheerio darlings. How can you say that? I knew you wouldn't understand. For you, it's all about the rating. Let's go pillage, you say. But we never spent any time working on building our clan. Oh, come on. We need to build a good amount of gold before we can think about putting a down payment on that clan hall. That's always your excuse. I'm done. I'm logging off. Rose disconnects from the server and pushes back from her keyboard. Jack turns around on his uh, swivel chair behind her. Uh, my line. Oh, uh, what the hell, Rose? What? I'm done investing time in that relationship. Oh, fine. World of Warcraft is old anyway. Wait, what are you doing? Rose puts on her VR headset. I'm logging on to VR Second Life. Uh, Jack puts on his VR headset also. VR, Jack, I'm leaving you. What? Why? All you ever want to do is have VR sex. So? I need something more. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack.
Fuck the world. Five or two wheels. Fuck the world. Five or two wheels. Fuck the world. Five or two wheels. Fuck the world. George, welcome to the FTW show with your pals, George and Steve. How you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, far out. Oh, weekend, huh? Yeah. Yeah, what a weekend. Ooh, weekend painted it green for you and for me, but in different ways, right? I would think so, yes. <laughs> George was lucky enough to work uh, all weekend, uh, yeah. which means a nice little paycheck for him. And yeah, I was threw, lucky uh, enough to... Uh, two hours of overtime at me on a Thursday as well, so it's double time, <laughs> double time weekend, baby. Heck Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, Angel Man. Um, yeah, he might right be coming on, on the show tonight, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you never know. The Wheelie King himself. He said, what are we going to do, George? I said, well, Steve's going to be there, too. He's all, oh, fuck that. <laughs> Just like oh, everybody else. Well, doesn't he? Everybody I know says that shit to me. <laughs> Why do you hang out with that guy? I can't picture that. So I don't hang out with him. We just spent two hours together on a Monday night. And that's it. That's kind of our whole friendship. Until <laughs> <laughs> some asshole with a green beard comes up and tries to hug you in the middle of fucking public. What's up, bro? <laughs> just like you, I got a green beard. Where's my green bearded brother? <laughs> See, I walked in a little St. Paddy's Day parade weekend uh, and wore a green beard as well as a lovely green, well, hat. What else did I have? Oh, a green shirt on. Yeah. It was a painted beard. Okay, spray paint, yeah. I looked like Astro though those I, I got that from more than one person look more like fungus to me they thought it was impeccable it's probably like the best ever it was like algae well yeah, it was too. so good they said why is steve trying to fill in for you with the beard man what's that all about i said sorry guys i gotta work and i had to shave so i don't have a beard i've got barely any face stubble right now it's true truth yeah. truth it's true He's not lying this time. So welcome to FTW on uh, the Mutiny Radio Station. Uh, March 19th show, if you'd like to call in. San Francisco, California. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're down the mission. We're on 21st in Florida. You're more than welcome to come down and visit. Say hey. Hang out. Do your thing. Do our thing. Do what you want to do. We won't tell you who do, to. Do, do, do what you want to do. Knock it to. <laughs> I got that song on here somewhere. No way. Tonight show? No, do what you want to do. It's oh. Calvin, Calvin Harris, I believe. It's kind of kind of dance music. I can't tell you. Uh, yeah, George does the music on our show, and I do a little thing called The Race Report, and we talk motorcycles, because we are forever two wheels. If you would like to call in, call us at 415-550-0511. That number again, 65... No, no, we meant 415-550-0511. It would be fun, like, giving them a different phone number every time, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, sure. It would probably cut down the phone calls other than Gail coming in. Call an idiot. Wouldn't she be a great interview? You know, Gail, you hardly seem crazy at all. How about some government conspiracies and who are they trying to kill this week? (laughs) (laughs) She's fucking great. (laughs) For those that don't know, Gail calls in from time to time and uh, is generally pretty far out of her mind. Kind of deep space is oh, where Gail's a, at. That's a different do what you want to do. She's having oh. some issues. <laughs> kind of like George's music choices. <laughs> yeah. So um, any motorcycle this weekend, George? You ride to work? Or, uh, yeah, I rode the Harley on yesterday. Yeah? Yesterday and today, yeah. Because it was raining on Saturday, man. It was coming down pretty good. I didn't get a, get a drop of rain on me during the parade. I managed to dodge it. Did it rain in the morning or something? Because I didn't see that myself. Um, it was wet. Oh. Oh, Saturday, 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 Saturday. Your time. first day of double time. I don't remember, dude. You know how this is do what you want to do. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> what's, he wow. right, what's he say right there? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Technically, never, you're right, but it's not the one I remember. Never doubt me again. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Jackass. <laughs> So I did get a, I got an interesting call from my buddy on a Saturday. Do tell. He said, uh, so yeah, with this Ranchero thing, I want out. He wants out of the program. So the program was that he was going to donate the fucking, the engine and the transmission. We were going to slap it in together. We we're going to sell it and split the money. All right. I, sh- I showed up with the truck. He had the engine trans. So, so we go. Boom, boom. Take the engine out. Um, all of a sudden things got, yeah, he, well, I'm sure he's having troubles with the house and stuff and he doesn't want that piece of shit sitting in his fucking driveway all this time. And I've been busy for the last week, so I haven't had a chance to get out there and he's fucking, he's like, yeah, so I want out on this, on this deal. Um, but I'll sell you the engine transmission for 600 bucks. Check one, two, check one, two. Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah, totally. All right. Hello. 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 This is the book I think you should get if you're in this is, this is the book. We can talk about it. What's the book? Oh, Howard Stern? No, I'm okay without that. No, this is good. He's changed. This isn't. This, <laughs> no. He's not the old Howard Stern anymore. He had a health scare. Rate rate your nipples from 1 to 17. He doesn't do that stuff anymore. He, right. he cringes at those things now. He's 65. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he's changed. A metamorphosis. Yeah, he, he almost... Because he, he had a cancer scare, and, and Robin had a cancer scare, and he's he... Robin. His sidekick, Robin Quivers. Oh, okay. And he, um, he was so he cries. He was crying about that on the air. Damn. He was like, "Cause what was said, this on? It was on the news. He was. You could. T- he went like, ah, but he was, you could hear it in his voice. He said, "If I were to lose Robin, I would quit doing radio because she's been with him four decades." Ah, oh, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could listen to Howard Stern. No, he's changed dramatic. He's not, he's not like he used to. He's he said he, what he's learned in his interviewing skills. Radio. Oh, hi Gail. We're we're doing a podcast right now. Uh, Is that great? Yeah. That's still crazy, Gail, huh? Yeah. She's still there. Uh, she's old, old now, huh? Yeah. Oh uh, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, like. Like, I, I get that, uh, like, someone can change their ways so dramatically, but the amount of profit someone makes off of that shit. Like, uh, who, is, who is the guy who bought the Wu-Tang album and then the Wu-Tang yes, gave real, all the money real, away? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had to, he had to, to or something like and that. And he had to cure the AIDS and all that, and he's, like, charging 800 a pill. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's uh, an asshole. Well, yeah, but but like the Wu Tang Clan was like, yo, we're just gonna take the production value and everything else is going to charity. Like, mm-hmm. like if someone makes a fuck ton of money off of some ill-gotten gains like that and then goes, oh, no, you got, I'm a good I'm a good person now. Like, fuck them. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously? Like, you're not a good person because you're rich and you can choose not to do it anymore. You, you're a good person when you actually make amends for all the things yeah, you've that's done. A, that's another thing he talks about in the book. He called up everyone that he wronged and apolog- he talks about that. He called the people he wronged in, in interviews and all that, and most Damn. of them. He tried to call the day he tried to call Robin Williams. He committed suicide. Holy that, shit! He he's he he said he carries that to his grave. He people um, he called everyone he's that he that he felt he did. I mean, he had a long list, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then now people are coming back to his. He's more mature at sixty five. He's finally mature. <laughs> Good job. I don't know. That's uh, that's not something to hang a hat on, though. Like, I, I, what is like I said, it was a scan- cancer scare. Who knows? Yeah, like, like, uh, oh, did you ever see um, the Kasparov TED Talk? Uh-uh. Okay, so Kasparov uh, did a TED Talk about uh, how he lost a deep blue and uh-huh. about how humans need to go forward uh, using uh, AIs as mm-hmm. as a partner instead of an enemy and so forth. And that's that's like a coming of age for Kasparov, a man that was so angry after he lost a deep blue that the that uh, the uh, was it um, IBM wouldn't let him in the room Anymore. because they were afraid he was going to break the machine. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can't. You can't lose to a machine that you can unplug. <laughs> you can't, because all you got to go is boop. Information gone. Um, what do you think of Magnus Carlson? Uh, he's he's the perfect mind. I don't know if he's like the perfect person or whatever. I don't care about him socially, but he's he's the perfect mind. I don't think he's advanced the game that much. I just think he sharpened his sword to the point where no one else can. Uh, beat him like have you seen the world championships mm-hmm. like all magnus carlson does is he just like slowly ties his opponent over and over again mm-hmm. and lowers the time odds until his opponent goes holy shit i only have five minutes in the room with magnus carlson tomorrow <laughs> like <laughs> what i don't get is terrify me i saw his last tournament where he, they did 12 draws yeah, yeah, and the the time odds went down to uh, ten minutes before mm. before one match was uh, was an actual win for mm. Madness. But he's also the Blitz World Champion. So like, here's a question: Why not, not to cut your question off? But uh, why do you, to the day, even though he's dead, um, will will there ever be another American Chess Champ? Oh, you're talking to about have, Fisher? That will have what Bobby had. With Paul Morphy, notice this, and Paul Morphy, yeah. and then Bobby Fisher. I mean, there's American chess champs. There's more, you know, Maurice Ashley and them, but they don't have the same. Well, Bobby Fisher advanced the book. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know the three categories, the book, improv, and tactics. Mm-hmm. So, Bobby Fischer is the book. Without acknowledging Bobby Fischer and Bobby Fischer's matches, like, you could never actually get to the level of Grandmaster because he wrote the pathway forward without acknowledging his games and the pressure and the reasons why you don't do that move. Like, mm-hmm. you can't walk down the proper path. Did you see the movie that uh, the little short guy who played Spider Man did uh, did of him? I got it at home. 
Wait, what? He did Bobby Fischer. It was uh, called Pawn Game. Oh, is it? Uh, wait, wait. Oh, the guy who played Sp- Pawn Sacrifice? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that that was Spider-Man. Yeah, that was uh, Tobey Maguire, yeah. Wait, but Bobby Fischer's tall. I know, man. I know. Yeah. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Bobby Fischer, like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. And this guy is playing him. He's like, come on, you couldn't find nobody to... I guess nobody... I don't know. He produced the movie, too, so he had... Oh, uh, well, I mean, that, but still. that's a little nepotistic, but mm-hmm. nepotism... It is pervasive. Mm-hmm. You still freestyle? Hell yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. That's chill. I don't you have ever, beats loaded up. You ever go to the, uh, on Sunday, the Boom Boom Room? Uh, whatever, what's it called? Yeah, I know the Boom Boom Room. I think that's the one where the MCs be at. That, uh, back in March, I was uh, part of an improv group, Bats Improv, where we freestyled. Me and a couple other MCs were freestyling the improv group would come out and act out what we did. And we'd oh. made it up on the spot, and everybody's like, you made that up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's still people yeah, like so- me around. I'm an ancient breed, I know. And just, you actually practice on your freestyles as well as your writings. Well, I mean, like, I, I say that, like, like writtens are, like, maxing out where you're trying to make something super complicated and heavy and dense. Well, like, freestyle is, like, pure cardio, the, the will to drive yourself forward and feel weightless, mm-hmm. even though the stress and, like, the pressure is getting to you. Just like a runner achieves a runner's high, like, you're at the point where you can just freestyle endlessly, and just like a fucking marathon runner could be like, let's do another, like... And plus, I also sharpen, like you said, sharpening your sword. I yeah. read. I got several, and I'll give the secret away if it's called a secret. I got several <laughs> rhyming dictionaries at the house. Oh I, yeah, I sure. got Bibles of them, big thick ones. Like I'm studying ancient hieroglyphics, and I'm going over words. I never know when they're gonna come in. The Eminem thing. Yeah. See, here's the controversy with Eminem that people have. He's he's a legend. He's old. It doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad. It's just when people uh it's, what what did what did uh mgk say you fucking dweeb you just sit around and read the rhyme and read a read a direction you don't hang out anymore well he's old now he don't have to he's the same age as me you ain't got to be out there no more but he, he done proven himself time and time again but well here's what eminem lost out on people yes he's a genius with words yes he's a genius lyrically but a yeah. lot of people couldn't get a lot of especially from the streets they couldn't connect with that when he would say he would put together a beautiful sentence like I- i'll stick a a bear trap in your windpipe and pull it at your ass and make it feel nice and that's whatever the fuck he would you, you, you know what i mean <laughs> it would come with some exotic imagery that you like the fuck does that mean well, so how I see Eminem is he's like the ultimate battle rapper. Like, you have to admit as a freestyler, to freestyle without a topic or, like, a direction is much harder than having a target. So when you're battle rapping and stuff, even though there's an opponent and there's more pressure, it's easier because you have a target. You have someone to aim at. And, like, how can you top the fame of the president making comments about your statements as a rapper? Like, the moment Eminem had, like, It happened to Ice-T, too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the moment the moment that a battle rapper is actually acknowledged by like politicians and so forth, you can't get a better enemy. No other mm-hmm. rapper is willing to challenge them because they're just like, damn. The like, president? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, George W. Bush. I like, remember. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying what the rappers be like, damn. 
Yeah, it's not like it's not like someone's gonna start like ba- trying to like make verses about insulting Obama and like fucking Donald Trump's too easy of a target. Don't give him fucking publicity. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're rapping, I'm trying to do some say something political on one of them rhymes about it. Trump, it didn't go as planned. Oh yeah, that's fine. He, sh- I mean, I I honestly wouldn't want to even acknowledge Trump. It's not that I don't want to acknowledge him as like an adversary i wouldn't want to put him in art as even like a like a fucking cookie cutter like enemy i wouldn't want to mention him in verses like i have a line that's uh it only takes one idiot to burn down the village play f3 g4 and complain about white privilege like I'm not referencing Trump, but damn, <laughs> like I'm referencing the the fucking ideologies that got Trump into the White House. Complex lyrical. Yeah. <laughs> you, you must have loved uh, uh, cannabis in his day, because it don't get no more complex than that. Uh, I think Aesop Rock is the most complex rapper. Uh, I, cannabis, I think, was was pretty him Aesop, but uh, don't forget the guy from Wu Tang. What Jizza? or Rizza? But Jizza is the grandmaster. Rizza. Uh, the one that got all the scientific. Because what's the name? He one of them. Rizza is doing. He gave a TED talk, and he's been. He's he was <laughs> talking awesome. about astrophysics with uh, Jesus. With um, <laughs> you know the guy uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, on okay, his show, sure. and he's like, because Neil broke down his lyrics, he was like, "Damn, how'd you get so deep into space and?" <laughs> well, uh, uh, what's what's the giant um, the hydrogen collider or whatever in uh, Europe where it goes around like three countries? I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name. Yeah, of it. the the mass hydrogen collider. Apparently, every scientist uh, in that facility has an artist that works alongside of them that tries to explain their project in an artistic. Uh, sense to to try and communicate art with science like that's going to be like the fucking second renaissance like the renaissance only happened because people were just like okay yeah let's let's do experiments and and not say that math is the devil that's cool (laughs) exactly yeah although math is somewhat the devil like every single fucking evil politician and like stockbroker or whoever you can blame the the flow of money in reverse like math the is the, the one top. thing that's always right even if you're terrible at it it is always a, a proper answer to it 